Scuba Obsessed, the weekly podcast, we talk about all things scuba diving, from cool new gear, to places to dive, and scuba news. Scuba Obsessed, episode 492, is recorded live April 29th, 2021. Welcome back to Scuba Obsessed. I'm Darren Gilson, coming to you from the southwest side of the great state of Michigan, where I do believe it did hit the 80s this week. Nice to see that weather come in and joining me this week we have mac the dive mentor how you doing today mac doing very well i enjoyed the warm weather on tuesday and uh i got a wee bit chillier yesterday and back to middle of the road today i think yeah a little rain a little rain which we probably could use uh the the trees been blossoming like crazy seems like the last seven days uh, we've had trees of all sorts coming into bloom a lot of pollen out there a lot of pollen you know i have allergies i've never been able to figure out uh which type of allergies i have but uh i've got some of some sort Uh, but i don't i haven't had problems today so i guess that means that i don't have the pollen allergy sounds like a plan to me I, i think i've got old man allergy where everything Seems to get to me at some point or the other. So hopefully everybody had a chance to check out last week's live stream and edit. Our goal is to not have to edit these that we can just go, you know, what would they call that? Uh, direct to tape. <laughs> just we do one take and they're great. But, uh, you know, think you know, good we're working on it. We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you got it right first time, where's the challenge in that? So this is our second week of doing this. There'll be a little bit of editing and eventually we'll get it in. And I'm going to add some music, but I'm trying to limit it. A little tweaking on the audio. Uh, This week, uh, what happened last time is Mac was in the right ear and I think I was in the left or vice versa. And I had to tweak it. So now I've got them both going in the mono. Uh, And I've also thrown out a little bit of noise gate. So you shouldn't be hearing uh, as much tapping on the desks or, or other uh, incidental noises. So when I edit it this time, we'll see how that works out. Oh, oh I think we're, we should just jump right on into the news. Are you ready, Mac? Ever ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. So first article that we have up on the list, this, this should almost be called the episode of follow-ups. Because it seems like almost all the articles we have this week are some sort of follow-up or something that we've covered before. And I think I just lost your image, Mac. Are you there? Nope. So, Mac, can you see that little chart there? Well, I see ping success and a lot of negative little spikes. Negative little spikes are when uh, the satellite uh, wasn't working for some reason. Goes around. Yeah, it's a little unusual. Wow. I don't know. I I think, uh, here, here, I'll show you again. Wow, you got some big gaps in there. And I've never seen it this bad. Yep, that is by far the worst. So 
I don't know. Somebody. Well, the UFOs are playing yeah. tag with you tonight. Yeah, they're, they're taking out the satellites. We're going to have to edit tonight. Yeah, it's going to be a little <laughs> bit of an edit. So. Yeah. Oh, big time. So what, I, what I'm doing is I'm showing in the live stream. Uh, but you're probably also seeing Mac is those, uh, those bars, those gray bars are when we lose the satellite and it's not obstructions. It's not trees. It used to say beta downtime when it did the gray. Now it just says unavailable. So there's something that went on. I'm thinking somebody, it's kind of an odd pattern, but anyway, so let's go ahead. We're, well, I'm going to, we'll edit it to the point where How do you know I, I had a pretty good idea when it went. So what we'll do is we'll jump right on into the news. What did I just lost you again? Darn it. So let's go ahead and jump right on into the news before anything else can go wrong. Uh, this is a follow-up to last week where we had, last couple weeks actually, we talked about Australia where they're having the problems with the uh, shark finning and the rays. So, and then also they had the they're putting up the nets that were getting some bycatch. So the Northern Beach Council votes to remove the shark nets uh, after disturbing pictures emerge. There's been a step towards implementing major changes at several beach after a series of disturbing images exposed a major issue. Councils are calling for shark nets to be uh, shark shark nets. Shark nets to be banished from the series of popular beaches after shocking images emerged of dead or injured marine life. Northern Beaches Council has voted to pass a motion urging the state government to abolish the nets in all its local beaches. They are instead demanding a shift towards animal-friendly technology such as drones and shark listening stations. This motion comes after newly new data released by the Animal Justice Party revealed 290 animals had died in Northern Beach shark nets over the past nine years, including 18 whales and dolphins, 21 turtles, and 224 threatened and protective species. Actor Major Candy Bingham said council considered the need to maintain and improve swimmer safety while preserving marine species. The effectiveness of shark nests has been questioned by many, yet their impact on other marine species is devastating, she said in a statement. Research conducted by DPI Fisheries found that 90% of marine species caught in the nets were non-target spe species, and the sharks can in fact swim over, under, and around the nets anyhow. Chat room, we're showing some of the photos from the article. News.com.au had, had posted the images. He says, evidence suggested that there are more effective ways to mitigate shark risk. Disturbing images from Humane Society Australia revealed the true extent of damaging shark nets having a marine life. According to HSI, more than 19,000 animals have died in shark nets since the inception. 80 years ago, almost 2,400 became trapped in the last four years, but only 171 of those were actually sharks intended to be caught. Uh, of the animals caught, 1,320 died, data from the government reveals. But that could change. Northern Beaches Council joined several other councils, such as Wollongong, Weverly, and Randwick, which are campaigning to ban shark nettings. HSI marine biologist Lawrence Chilbeck said shark nets 
provide a false sense of security with 40% of sharks caught on the beach side of the nets. But a lot of people might not realize the nets are not complete barriers. They're only about 150 feet long and six meters high. Sharks swim over and around them. The technology is nearly 100 years old. There are 51 shark nets between Newcastle and Wollongong, which Mr. Chilbeck argues have been upgraded despite haven't have hardly been upgraded despite techno technological advancements. He then highlighted devastating impact of marine life since seems like we read this 2012 shark meshing program has captured 3,000 marine animals, including dolphins, whales, turtles, killing 1,600 of them or 56 percent. We've got a modern solution to beach safety like drones that don't drown out iconic wildlife and spot sharks in advance have a big added bonus of spotting people at risk of drowning. The biggest danger are beach. Why persistent over 80 year old methods? Modern solutions are going to be more effective because they work in conjunction with what we know about shark. Shark nets are nowhere near as refined. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at this next one. This is from G Captain. Some Costa Concordia stuff. That's a that's a nice photo right there at the beginning, showing that uh, vessel sliced right there in half. About half the golden ray has now been removed as tug crews today lifted a section seven and transported out of the environmental protection barrier in Saint Simon Sounds, Georgia. Sections including the ship's engine room are provided to be the uh, proved to be the hardest to cut to date. The extended Wreck removal began in November 2020 with removal of sections. Crews still need to make three cuts and remove four sections. Separating the wreck in the eight sections for lifting and removing by barge. Remaining cuts are anticipated to go more smoothly. After moving on Sunday, Section 7 transited from the facility at Mayor's Point Terminal to further Sea fasting and preparation ocean transit to recycling centers in Louisiana. Interesting photo. Unfortunately, the, the, the photo looks better than the image I'm showing here, but uh, still gives you the idea. Yeah. Still amazing how they can cut that in half like that. Yeah, yeah, it's very impressive. Full video here. Do I dare click what, on lost it? Me again? What's that? Did I lose you? What, the video? Oh, no. I was just manhandling the camera. The camera. Oh, wow. I don't have TikTok, but that's, uh, they're showing the, uh, this video showing some of the pieces. 
falling out of there. Yep. So, uh, w would you say we're past halfway now? If we have, can we say that? You mean for the ship? Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, uh, it's all done, but the shouting, I think. Yeah. House camp. Did he run across your desk again? I saw the shadow. So he's somewhere around here. The shadow. My apologies to. Uh, this will be. You'll have to watch the uh, the stream if I leave this in. Seeing him. I'll have it. I'll have it ready. That, that's that's a little corner where he likes to pop up there. Gotta move some mouse traps around. Little, little sidetrack. Uh, instead of a squirrel moment, it's a mouse moment. <laughs> so crews begin a patchwork of on leaking Bly Island shipwreck off Vancouver Island coast. Work is officially underway. Actually, I wonder, as I'm talking here, and what people aren't going to see in a live stream is you really don't have a good way of uh, of viewing this. Well, or of just seeing what I'm seeing. I'm just saying, because that's the way the ship works. Mm -hmm. Get you. One of those you know, chips run aground. Are you, are, are you seeing my uh, my screen there? But do you see the screen that I shared? Okay. Well, you'll see that. That people in the chat room won't see it. Well, I can't say they won't see it. They're already seeing it, but I've got it edited. Not I've right. got some editing software. Working magic. So but th this is a, a follow up on that uh wreck that was off the Bly Island in Vancouver Island Sound. Uh but the somehow it went from an inspection to they're actually trying to patch it. Uh, they have, they're underway to patch up a leaking wreckage of the cargo ship that sank in 1968 near Bly Island on the west coast of Vancouver Island. Canadian Coast Guard discovered the MV was it Schleideck had been releasing oil from the depth of about 400 feet towards the end of last year. The MV Schleideck was a 483-foot cargo ship taking a load of wood pulp on uh, a bulk fairly a wood pulp and bulk barley from Gold River to Portland on January 3rd, 
1968. However, not far from the Golden River, it hit a submerged edge of the south side of Bly Island and sank. Uh, Bly Island Incident Commander Paul Barrett says a team of technicians from Florida-based Marine Response Group was using a remote-operated vehicle Monday to patch the main area that they've seen oil leaking out of. He says the team hopes to pump the remaining fuel out of the wreckage and further assessment. We're in there. Everybody's complaining tonight. Oh, we did have a little short internet outage. I can't believe we didn't notice that. We were talking, at least I thought we were. Uh, he says, Hope, uh, the teams hope to pump out the remaining fuel of the wreckage after further assessment is completed next month. Technical assessment shipwreck will not only include locating the leaks coming from the hull and applying temporary seals whenever possible, but also survey the ship, confirm the location of the fuel tanks, assess the hull, depth and position of the ship, identify any damage result of sinking in 1968. Canadian government has awarded $7 million contract back in March resolved marine group of fort lauderdale florida to technical assessment the assessment of the wreck is expected to be completed by may 6th so just a week from when we're recording this done yeah um, next week it, it's been leaking a little bit i wonder if this i wish they'd put dates on some of these photos because you don't know is that a uh, a current image or is that one that's been sitting there for a while Mm -hmm. and america's most wanted fugitive captured in madrid madrid four days after the episode aired two fugitives feet recently featured and america's most wanted have been apprehended in madrid madrid spain madrid <laughs> just four days after the fox primetime series used 3d graphics and age progression technology speculate How'd they look today? On episode three of the new season, uh, hosted by Elizabeth Vargas, criminal defense attorney and legal analysis, Yodic Wald described the fugitives, Allison Gracie and Christopher Jones. They've been wanted since 2011 death of the 36-year-old Amy Rhodes during a scuba diving expedition they led off the coast of Key Largo, Florida. Uh, Tewald said Jones, now 53, would appear to stand about seven, uh, five, seven foot. Wow. Tall. Uh, five foot seven and 140 pounds. She was born in Ireland. She has an Irish accent, according to authorities. She has typically been blonde, but she has been on the run for so long. She may have changed her look up a bit. They displayed her avatar with both blonde and darker colored hair. As for Jones, he'd be 56, six foot three, about 275 pounds. He speaks with an accent, but a British one. Known to wear aviator glasses, they showed what he'd look like with them on, too. On December 18, 2011, Rhodes and her sister-in-law and four other passengers boated a boat called the Get Wet in Key Largo for a scuba dive through the company called Scuba Shack. Gracie Jones, both British citizens, own Scuba Shack, but the boat capsized and shank in about two minutes. The captain noticed two passengers when accounted for, and dove down and rescued one passenger who was trapped inside the boat, then dove down a second time to find Amy pinned underwater. The captain pulled Amy to the surface, but it was too late as she had drowned. 
An investigation revealed Gracie and Jones had repeatedly informed of major safety problems with the get wet prior to the day Amy Rhodes died and refused to take action to make repairs. After Amy's death, Gracie and Jones closed the business in Key Largo and fled on June 5th, 2015. They were arrested in St. Martin and they were released by Dutch authorities on bail and fled. Gracie and Jones were last seen in France on April 2017. Hey, they got him. Is there an explanation for that? Well, I don't know. I mean, they're going to have to find out. I'm, I'm sure there are some treaties in place. I don't know if it's every. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't sound like they were tried in absentia. Uh, but a lot of times you'd be expedited to go to court, depending on the, the charges. I was going to try and play the video, but I think I'm just asking for it. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, I I know that I can just hear the judge now saying, well, you can't take that they fled the country <laughs> as evidence, but it doesn't make you look too good, does it? Well, it'd be hard to make a case after this long, whereas yeah, there's but, all the witnesses, you know what I'm saying? But, but wouldn't you That's think gonna that be very they would hard have to prosecute. Uh, kept all, you know, a lot of the uh, material, um, you know, boxed up and ready to go? I mean, yeah, it's, it's not as fresh as it was. I mean, retirements would have to be tough, you know, in this amount of time. You know, a good portion of your law enforcement and prosecuting staff could have retired or moved on. So you'd have to subpoena and bring them back. Prosecuting that. Well, we'll keep an eye out. Hopefully we'll get some, some updates, some additional information. And then the ship sinking permit that we we covered last week and talked about. Uh, in fact, this is the the photo in this article is. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna move my camera. From yeah, that. the 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 photo that we've got in uh, this image, is actually the one that you had shared last week. So the MV Adirondack operating in the 1950s. So a plan to sink. But this, this is what it looked like. That almost. Now that one that you've got there. That's the same vessel. Is it? How is it that different? And Could they have eventually closed? see that from the front well that you can see photo. all the way through that's what's 
Well, not. Maybe that's how they got on. It's possible, or did they modify it? So that in the that photo's late fifties. That one that you've got. I wonder if maybe they. Oh, that's thirty-five that you're seeing that from. Yeah, the bottom one is uh -huh. thirty-five. Yeah. Well, maybe they decided to open it up for some reason or remodel it. I well, mean, that's what I thought was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So the Vermont His uh, Division of Historic Preservation. And the uh, uh, Lake Champlain Transportation Company received the permit from the State Agency of Natural Resources to sink the 152-foot-long vessel. The intent was to create an artificial reef for scuba divers near the Burlington waterfront. Vermont National Resources Council and the Lake Champlain Committee are appealing to permit, challenging Department of Environmental conservation's determination the future recreational use by scuba diver meets the public good now you know this kind of ticks me off i mean this is like you know the you know nobody can stop you know there's, there's no such thing as loss you just keep going and so are they saying that scuba divers are less important than the the rest of the people with for public use well Is better than taking it out, destroying it, and there's nothing there. You know, how many people are going to pay money to go see this on the surface, and how many people are going to really enjoy looking at it underwater? Well, yes, correct. I mean, I'm I would on the surface. You you've got so much, so many items competing for your time on the surface, and. How much work, if it's in fact this open deck, I mean, if you, if you put it in the water and you're floating it, you've got to maintain the hull, and that's expensive. You've got full-time staff and crew and inspections and things that have to happen. Uh, you could kind of dry dock it and beach it, which just means that, I mean, you remove some of the water maintenance that would have to happen, but... Now it's sitting there, and is it that interesting enough where people are going to come and visit it? Because when it's on land, what would that be? And how much would it cost to maintain? But in the water, it's going to naturally break down. You know, at some point it would uh, rust and corrode away and just not be there. But in fresh water, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you'd probably get, what, 60, 70 years of good diving out of that? More than likely, not to mention a great yeah. fish habitat. Yep. Yeah, it, pe people who think that shipwrecks uh, aren't beneficial uh, should should take a look and go and visit them. Because if it wasn't beneficial, why would all the animals be there? Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, but I mean, this is just kind of the nature of how things have become. You know, we've got to just keep going and going and going. Lawsuit and hassle and because 
and and maybe they're taking a long-term view of like well if we couldn't stop this one we'll make them think before they try it again because you you know next time you try and sink anything there's going to be some some people already primed and ready to go so and it's not like somebody's making big money out of it this is just going to be a little bit Just too bad we don't have any better pictures. Yeah. Put it how far from shore it is. Is it a mm -hmm. Yeah, it the article didn't have a lot of detail of the, you know, is there is there a plan for use? Uh are there established chargers out there? Uh how are you gonna get to it? So we'd certainly love to know that. Yeah. And I think one of the last ones we have for this week out of the Alpina news, fishing diving business booms as virus restrictions eased. Uh, last year, fishing and scuba diving captains in the Alpina area lost business because the state's stay-at-home orders designed to slow the spread of COVID-19. But early indicators show the business may boom this year. Great Lakes diving owner Captain Nick Myers said business slumped in 2020, but people around the globe want to visit Northeast Michigan to dive now. He said all the excursions this year booked early and sold out. Meyer said free diving and spearfishing in Lake Huron also appealed to adventure seekers because many different environments lie beneath the surface of the lake, making it possible to explore many different locations. Meyer said people who want to learn to dive can take one of his classes. They'll graduate, become custom the ins and outs of diving and they can move on to dive other places now was michigan something that you would consider to be a location where you would travel to alpina to learn to dive i mean we hear that a lot about not to learn not to learn to dive, well, if you're local, to dive for sure certainly go go ahead and support your local dive shops and and learn the dive there but i can't see like from michigan it's not uncommon to have people do destination vacations and get a class or certification while they're down there but i can't say i've heard of it coming the other way especially up towards alpena or the or lake superior it's, it's a well, alpena's got a lot of good wrecks yeah but you would normally uh-huh Right. Well, you've got people, well, you've, you've got two, two years of dive plans all crammed in the one year. So this may be an indication if you want to get any diving in uh, and you're planning on going on a charter, you better get there now. I wonder what it's going to be like in the wrecks. Are we going to see, you know, four or five boats all waiting in line uh, at the buoys to, to go and dive? I mean, could this be that type of year? <laughs> I agree. I just try to be optimistic. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then spearfishing—that was that was kind of interesting too. That, that there was some spearfishing. Well, you know, we used to spearfish in the eighties. Uh huh. Uh, they used to have what's called top of the world aquathon in Sheboygan. Mm -hmm. And one day event was spearfishing for carp and what have you back where the bay is where the parking lot is now 
Mm-hmm. Spear gun was generally uh, further. Th- <laughs> yes. <laughs> same day, same motion type item. You wouldn't well, know where it was well, at. Could you just do spear fishing like regular spears? <laughs> well, back then you use a Hawaiian sling. Yeah, yeah. A three-barrel gun. Mm-hmm. Some of those damn carp are like armor. You'll <laughs> hit them, and it'll bounce right back <laughs> off. You could put that. You could just line your tank with with carp. Yeah, line, line your. <laughs> That'd be reactive yeah. armor, so to speak. Ah, uh, now yeah, there, there you go. There's an idea. Well, I want to say that does it for Scuba the News. Now we had discussed talking about. Um, you know, that, that submarine wreck. What was that one? Happened. I don't have my. So the, the, the photos, were those done with like an ROV where they had gone down and taken them? Uh, I believe that's true. Either that or probably a drop I'm not sure camera. what they used. Yeah, so they're talking about the we're talking about the KRA KRA KRI Nangala N A N G G A L A four oh two. It was built in Germany and served in service since nineteen eighty one. Lost contact after requesting permission to dive at three AM on Wednesday local time. The search focused in the area from which a last signal was sent where teams found an oil spill which could signal damage to the submarine's tank, but also could be a way to send a distress message. According to estimates by Indonesian authorities, a ship's oxygen reserve ran out Friday afternoon, which in uh, practice exhausted the possibilities of rescuing live crew members. We're still doing the research. The depth of the sea area we detected is 850 meters, which is very complicated and presents many difficulties. Uh, the vessel is capable of descending below 250 meters. So if it's estimates to have sh- uh, sunk much deeper than that, the likelihood of having suffered cracks or being crushed by the pressure water is h- very high. Now it will be up to investigators to establish the chronology of the event to determine the cause. Same time plans have been made to assess feasibility of rescuing the submarine at such an extreme depth, said uh, Colin Coe. Research at the Institute for Defense and Strategic Studies, Reuters News Agency. Not a good thing. No, you know, you you feel bad for the people involved and their families. Um, and you know, submarine is dangerous, but you know, they they get older and older and older. They got maintained, and then something I've been reading on other sites was that it wasn't uncommon for uh, some governments to over uh, staff these submarines. They have more people on them than they're originally intended. They did do the listing of the number of people and uh, it did not sound like an overstaffing in this particular case. Okay. Doesn't say what the normal crew is, but 53 people on board. Hey. 
they had vessels in the area. Yeah, well, it's it, t timing matters, and the sooner you can get people on site, the better chance you have. But this, this doesn't look good at this point in time. And then, as we had said earlier, I had I had also seen some of those articles where they were mentioning images were taken showing pieces. Well, you know, I need now used to be shoreborne for many, many years, and now it's out. They're, uh, I shouldn't say bastard children, but wayward childs mm -hmm. over in Taiwan. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes in the near future. Yeah. Well, that, that finishes off anything that we have in the news for this week. The diving. I, I feel like a broken record now. We, sh we should be talking about having some dives going on and... I haven't been able to get in, and I'm not. I, it won't be this weekend. I've got uh, my daughter graduating from college, so I, I, I think I might get in trouble if I chose to do a dive. Yes. Ready? <laughs> yeah. Now she now four years, so this is her uh, bachelor's. It just seems like the other day you were you were down there. Yeah. Yep. This She's is uh, from uh, her four years now, and then. She starts med school in Kentucky starting in July. So, yeah, this one snuck up. I mean, last year, she, it, it went quick. Maybe it's because it divided up because she did community college for two years and two, two years at Michigan State University. And then you have yeah. a pandemic mixed in the middle of that. And there's just something always happening. And then my son, a year from now, he'll be graduating. So. I am Damn, getting old. you're getting old. <laughs> pretty, pretty soon my hair will be, oh, wait, that has happened. So. Well, anybody else getting any diving in? It's certainly not me. I saw John was down in Florida again, so he may have gotten wet, but uh, we never saw the videos from the last trip, which mm -hmm. was last month. Uh, I don't think I th yep, oh. I've been checking out the river already. It's a couple of spots I'm going to look at. Anything in, in particular in the, that you're, you're looking for or just what you can find? Well, actually, I, I've got to pick the, the water clarity. It was pretty deep. It's only in maybe six foot, so I, I can't believe somebody who hasn't seen this has already waited. You would think so if they, it depends how far, how far they went. Well, I mean, to get the, to get the, where that port of John is, but, uh, so yeah, you would think that something would float or catch up or, but then would we hear about it even if somebody found it? Uh... Let me see here. Oh yeah, it did. This now this one actually was no satellite. They may be Yeah, they may be. Let me see. Get to the camera. That, I so, saw it, yeah. The little yellow. See now when it says yellow and at the end of the podcast we'll I've got some screenshots. Maybe we'll we'll sh we'll show those. Well, you hear well while we're talking about it. Let's see. Do you have a dive safety story for this week? 
not a safe to share. Let me move my little screen over here. My computer is still AFU. So I've been dorking with that, trying to recover data from a, a hard drive, which is a chore. And I came across a couple of items I thought I'd bring up just for the grins and giggles, since it is getting to be dive season. And it's basically, if you are on the water when it's lightning, what do you do? Well, on a boat, go below the decks or if possible into the cabin. Avoid tall objects such as masks, outriggers, antennas. And the antenna should be lowered if you can do it in a safe manner. Okay, then make sure you move towards the center of the vessel as far away from electrical equipment as possible. And stay away from the water and anything metal. It also references stay off the radio unless there's an emergency. If you're holding the handset, your body may be the shortest path between the antenna and ground. Now, some boats, like sailboats in particular, are equipped with a lightning protection system designed as a, to act as a conduit for a strike. These systems reduce the injury or the risk of injury to people and damage to the vessel by presenting an unobstructed path to the water. So if a lightning protection system is present, Obviously, don't touch any of its components. Now, brings about the second part. It's getting to be that kind of weather. You're going to have pop-up thunderstorms. Avoid diving or being in the water during a storm. It's hard not to be the tallest object around when you're on the water towing a lightning rod, or in our case, a dive flag. Right? If you're on the surface of the water, current travels a lot further on the surface than it does below. So it's recommended if you have time and distance and air, you might want to go between 20 and 30 feet and wait towards shore. So when you do start to lose air, you'll be close to being able to get out. The other aspect is most of the violent thunderstorms only last 15 or 20 minutes. So if you do have the air and you can go the deeper, that's a smart thing to do. It'll help dissipate any kind of strike that's near you. By the same token, I would not be holding on to my downline to my die flag. That might <laughs> not be the best idea you want. Because if you're in the water and you see an approaching storm, why don't you get out before it gets to you? That's the safest. The second item that we've talked about before is, I call it the forgotten step in diving, the evaluation. Once you're on the boat or off the boat and on land, it's a good idea to spend a few minutes going over your dive in your head, thinking about what went right, what went wrong, were there any problems, were there any potential problems, and did you or could you have anticipated and recognized them, and did you? And like Larry and I, when we go diving, we'd go back, you know, get our hot soup if it's during the winter or a cup of coffee or something at the, the local area. And we talk about what did you learn this dive? Or what did you reinforce your learning? And then we shift back and forth. And it's still amazing what you come up with. No matter how much experience you have, there's always something you learned or something happened that because you knew what to do, prevented something 
worse happening, meaning you didn't panic because you had the experience to handle something. So again, the forgotten step in diving, evaluate. How did your dive go? Did it go as planned? Um, words of wisdom for tonight. Thank you. Those are always good. I like the follow-ups after the dive just to kind of figure out what's going on, where we can improve, get better. Well, you always hear about what And again, for us, it's not a We're never very far from shore, but that suit leaking on the Ann Arbor 5 at 160 feet could lead yeah. to a different uh, scenario. That's much easier to have uh, mistakes happen when you're shallow than when you're going down. Well, it's the other aspect. is you, you tolerated it in the shallows. Do you really think about it and say, well, it leaked again last week, but hey, I can I can work with it. Uh, having a flooded suit at 160 yeah. is well, different. It, it can't happen again. 15 or 20 feet. Well, I wanted to try something this week, and that will be kind of a test. So we called it the mouse cam earlier, but uh, now we'll see if we can call it the no. Well, creeping across if Did you, you find something if you consider a uh, bottle from uh, that we found before. I'd rather have something zip across it than creeping and crawling. Uh, gosh, I don't think. I've. How am I going to describe this to you? I'm not sure. I can share the screen. As a side note, did you look at all the pictures they showed with the all sharks the and the bat rays? I, I, I glanced at them. In that article? I glanced at them. Yeah, in that article. Did you look at the last picture? The last picture was the best. I'm guessing probably not. <laughs> I'm guessing maybe I didn't because I'm not remembering it and I don't have that article up. No, okay, okay. If you did, you so it's probably not one that we're <laughs> going to want to put on uh, on streaming. Well, you could. If it was, it was uh, uh, the distance was sufficient that. The image was, was attractive. It was a really nice shot against the background of the ocean and the beach. As they're frolicking on uh, the beach okay. running across I, the I think I'm, I'm getting what, you're, uh, what you found. So are you, are you seeing this now? So what I've, I'm doing is I took the mouse cam. And uh, yeah, so what I think yes. I'll, I'll probably end up doing is making a little box where we have a camera in to go and show some stuff. But uh and I, I, don't, I actually don't remember finding this. So this is, and this is, we'll have to show this again when I get it in some. Hutchison. Yeah, it's a Hutchison. Uh, it, uh, let me see. There's like a, a picture of a, that's probably a lion there. Right there on the front. A lion. Oh, what? It's heavily embossed. Oh, okay. Heavily in line that says trademark registered. This bottle is never sold. And then in the back there is was it L Levinston three four six uh West 
12th Street, Chicago, and then the bottom, that's Illinois, and you can kind of see the Hutchie little tab in there. So, the stopper. The stopper! We can also come in through the top. See, right there. Yep. Right there in the top. We'll have to figure out. So I'm thinking that this might be something that we we try and do. If we're going to do some video, why not show some stuff that we've talked about in the past? Get some of those. So maybe we'll do a... We can each have an item of the week to share. But I thought that was a good one. I was going to... I have some other bottles, but I... With remodeling the kitchen, I've moved stuff around. So, not quite. Are, are you are you going looking for something? Oh, crap. Lost the connection. I'm doing that. That one was my mistake. I think I, uh, uh, wireless and I had gone wired to try and improve the reliability. And my network cable, I think, lost the little tab at the end. So, yeah. All, all rookie streaming problems. Yep. A little bit better each week. So, I'm I'm still going to have to edit this one. I think it is getting late, so are you ready? Well, we'll go ahead and get on out of here. Ever ready? So the, these, this, this is going to be Ever just ready. call uncle. When, when you've had enough, then you just call it. Or, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, he, here we go. What's the best thing about Switzerland? I don't know, but the flag is a big plus. I invented a new word, <laughs> plagiarism. Did you hear about the mathematician who's afraid of negative numbers? He'll stop at nothing to avoid them. Helvetica and Times New Roman walked into a bar. Get out of here, shouts the bartender. We don't serve your type. Yesterday I saw a guy spill all his Scrabble letters on the road. I asked him, what's the word on the street? Did you hear about the actor who fell through the floorboards? He was just going through a stage. <laughs> well, you're a glutton for punishment. You haven't had enough. Did you hear about the claustrophobic astronaut? He just needed a little space. Why don't scientists trust atoms? Because they make up everything. What sits at the bottom of the sea and twitches? A nervous wreck. Why are pirates called pirates? Because they are. A man tells his doctor, Doc, help me. I'm addicted to Twitter. The doctor replies, Sorry, I don't follow you. She's calling us. So, some of those are. I don't even know how I'm going to edit this out. So on that note, go out there and get wet.